This is the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. I am your host, John Maddox. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Andy Dane Carter. We're talking about post-COVID real estate, talking about kind of the crisis, what's going on right now, opportunities that are coming in real estate. So uh, tune in and welcome to the show. Um, so Andy, let's talk about real estate post COVID. Yeah. I love real estate. Like it, obviously there's a, there was a gap, right? There was, there was pre COVID and then post COVID. A lot of people hunkered down for what? 60, 90 days. It was supposed to be two weeks. Right. But I don't know if we got, if that was like, here's two weeks. Okay. And then you know how like they slowly two more weeks. These, yeah. Two more weeks, two more weeks, two more. Mm-hmm. And the data really did, you know, we can talk about that another time, but mm-hmm. the data didn't really show that that, that was like necessary, but um, real estate, I think there was two camps. There was one camp that was like, real estate is going to get crushed. No one's going to want to own a house and everyone's going to sell and the people are going to foreclose and just going to be another 08. And then there's the camp that like, you know, I'm in, which is there's everyone has equity. Everyone's, you know, protecting that equity. There's, there's a lot of reasons why they're in 08, you couldn't sell. So you had to foreclose, right? There was no other option. Now I think if people can't make their payments and they, want to move they're going to just sell you know um talk to me about what you're seeing out there because i know you do a ton of real estate and, and investing so yeah thanks man we saw a ton it was it was a very cool time and a very weird time so you're 100 percent correct there was two camps yeah we were coming off one of the hottest first quarters in seven years it's for the fire. business like every listing eight to 13 offers everything is going over yeah humongous market push Right, right. <clears throat> and then, er, COVID nineteen. Cannot bum, go bum. and see anyone. Like, right down. So that scared the majority, right? And it motivated the minority because we had a lot of buyers that we kept getting beat out because there was so many offers and people going so far over. Mm-hmm. I'd convinced all of our buyers to look. Now we have less competition. Mm. It's still a great time to buy real estate and here's why. And that's when I just went into the facts. I didn't go into the fear and everything else. I'm like, what's the data? So we got around the smartest minds in the industry Mm -hmm. and we started to pull facts, mathematical facts, which is how we invest, which is how we help all of our buyers and sellers in the, just the traditional game, right? Yeah. If like someone's freaked out and scared, the only thing that's going to calm them down is the truth right so that's what we got to so we got some awesome numbers so 40 47 to 48 percent of the houses across this country here in the u.s are free and clear that's massive there is no mortgage right that was not the case hear that mortgage brokers call those people get them call call us (laughs) helocs have me ink out some cash (laughs) so and then i'm gonna talk about that too and then 67 percent of the homes like across the whole country, mm-hmm. have more than 60% equity. It's a massive amount. These are huge numbers. Yeah. And this is not some number that I made up. This no. is like real G, this is data, right? hard data. So what that let me speak to all my clients, my investors, my like first time home buyers, mm-hmm. sellers in, the, in like the low space, all the way up to 20, 30 million space. Right. This is not a real estate crumble or something that has to do with the real estate market. This was a medical thing that affected the real estate economy 
in the short term. And our financial, I mean, we have a hockey stick correction with the stock market. I mean, the stock market was down yesterday a little bit. It's rebounding today. But it was like the Nike swoosh. Totally. That's that's what they're saying it could happen. But then there's guys saying, well, this is just the bounce. But the bounce is pretty big. The bounce bounce is pretty big. And it's because usually bounces are sort of small. They're small. It's a big bounce because it's based on hard data that we already have. Like right. it's still a good market. Yep. Interest rates, I, I'm blown away every day they're that so these low. buyers call me and they're like, I just got 2.8. Yeah. You're like, you, that's amazing. That's where we're at. Yeah. So we have a strong economy. We have a strong buyer pool, a strong seller pool, lack of and inventory. Lot of equity. And tons of equity. So here's something that I want all of your listeners to hear yep. is in 2008, yep. we had $976 billion in seconds and bad loans. That's almost a trillion. Almost a trillion dollars yep. in financial crisis, right? Right. Right now, we have $79 billion in seconds and HELOCs and all of that other stuff, that which, are, is, not, like, which is nothing yeah. compared to what it was during this crash. Right. Real estate market's not going to crash. I got bad news for a lot of people that are out there waiting for it to happen. Yeah, I keep hearing people saying, oh, I'm just going to wait on the sidelines for the values to go down. Sorry. And then the Fed just decided to say, like, we're going to keep the interest rates at zero. Yeah, for a couple <laughs> years, maybe. We don't know. Yeah. I'm a firm believer there's going to be all kinds of craziness because we're in an election year. Right. Happens every election since the beginning of the elections. Wait, there's an election this year? Yeah, you wouldn't know it, but 100%. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Right, so that's going to stabilize. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have a dip in December, possibly January. It's going to fire back up in February, and then we're probably going to have two to three more solid years. Right. Come year four from right now, right. I have no idea what's going to happen. I know we're going to have two or three solid years ahead of us. Yeah, I, I feel that's I'm, – I'm with you on that 100% because it's – the data – and it's like like we always talked about, I think, in, in 08 was the musical chairs, right? There's mm. like supply and demand. That's the game of musical chairs where there's not enough chairs, right? And you lose, someone loses. Same thing with real estate. If you have too many buyers then and not enough sellers, prices go up. If you have too many – sellers and not enough buyers prices go down and, and you know rates are rates but rates also change the supply and demand of yes of who qualifies who you know what they can qualify for and then it just changes the price so um i'm with you on that the supply and demand is huge and right now the supply of real estate is super low let's shift and talk a little bit about airbnb because mm. i thought when airbnb when all this happened and airbnb got crushed for the couple months that they were crushed for or three months that all those homes were going to go on the market. But I think what they did, and what I've heard, maybe you can tell me if this is right, these homes went on kind of more month-to-month instead of weekly or, or daily. They went on month-to-month in like longer-term leases. Some of them probably got longer-term leases. Some of them didn't. But Airbnb is back on, so people are like, all right, we're good. You know, put them back on Airbnb. But I thought that was going to be maybe a flood of real estate into the market. Has that changed at all? Me too. So I thought that exact same thing. And I'd spent two days strategizing on it. I was yeah. sending out letters to those people. Yeah. We had some success with that, but not as much as I thought. Yeah. We had a they couple. Have equity. They have they have tons of equity. Yeah. We had a couple groups approach us that that's their sole business. One of them had sixteen properties that had ninety days of cancellations, and they're like. We have over a hundred and something thousand dollars in monthly mortgages. Yeah. We now have to pay for those. They right. sold six, kept ten, and refied out their positions because they were in a good spot. And I think half are on 
a year lease and the other half are back to doing what they did before. Right. So they just retooled and restructured. Same right. thing with the second group that came to us. They had 20. We bought two. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that did is just give them a little bit of cash right. to survive. Sure. And this, I mean, this was a quick recovery. Very quick. A quick, quick down. Quick down, quick, 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 up. quick up. Yeah. We had a global shutdown. <laughs> like, a global like, medical pandemic. Like, even if you were in a time travel and you came back, you know, six months ago to me and said, dude, the whole country's going to shut down for three months, I would have been, la- I would just laugh. Like, there's no way it's not going to happen. There's no way. But this, so, is, this was, cra- it was crazy. It was crazy. And so many people freaked out. Yeah. But there was a lot of people that saw the opportunities. I mean, we tripled all of our digital ad spends. Mm-hmm. We tripled all of our budgets for print. Wow. Because here's what I knew. People were going to be opening up mail. Like it was 1954 again. Because right. they're at home. Yeah. They're like, well, what's this pile of mail, honey? Yeah. <laughs> and they're opening mail. Like yeah. So we started to mail very specific oh, wow. things to investors. Dude, you're so smart. Very specific things to all the different people. Yeah. I went like, I, I turned into a crazy person. I drove my wife nuts. Wow. I had this whiteboard and it was like goodwill hunting. I'm like, here's what we're doing, this and this. <laughs> And then we got very specific with all of our strategic Facebook ads to go on top of those mailers. Wow. And then we did tons of digital open houses, which we were doing anyways. So Mm -hmm. it was a really easy transition for us. Are you using the 3D camera and all that? Or do you guys just do? I don't like... Yeah. Sorry, Matterport. You guys are great. It's just not (laughs) my jam because it's too computerized for for me sure i want to be on film and i want to explain to you like here what you're looking at this nook and this that and you know the high ceilings and you know you can't really see high ceilings on a camera that's like that's the personal touch that i think that the matterport doesn't have and for me it's also branding right it's the same thing it's a slow pan of the door opening hey everybody welcome to 4229 clubhouse drive right and then i walk you through the property just like if you were there just like if you're there it's a digital video we sold six houses with no open houses no showings nothing from our digital open houses that's awesome. so we tripled down on all of those things because people are at home Mm -hmm. on their phones their yeah, kids are running around, attention. screaming, Zoom meetings for school. Right. Everybody's yeah. now like a stay-at-home parent. They're tired of, you know, there's nothing good on normal TV. So they're on they're on YouTube. They're on Facebook. Everyone's seeing everything what's going on on Facebook anyway. So you throw an ad in there, like you got their attention. We spent so much money. And then we dove deep into Nextdoor because mm-hmm. it's a hyper-localized thing. Sure, yeah. And I'm a huge, I love to help people. Yeah. And I was like, look, if you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old and you're scared and you don't want to go pick up like your food and you don't want to go pick up like your stuff and your prescriptions, right? I'm 43, I'm healthy, I live in the neighborhood, call me, I'll come help you. Wow. Like, so I was filled with so much joy to help these people, yeah. not knowing right. that everybody was going to share it and repost it. So now we're doing all this good for the community. It's awesome. And it's also helping our business. So. Right. Being a good person was a really good move. That's a good decision to make. And, yeah, and, it always and for is. some people, it just it naturally occurs. Like I want to help, right? Like my wife's yeah. like that. She's anything she can. She sees opportunities to help. She does. Yes. Me, I'm like, oh wait, yeah, I should. I should probably do that. But you know, it just doesn't like happen in my mind naturally. I mean, sometimes, but yeah. And you know, there's good and bad and other things. But but like some people, it naturally comes, and others can look at it and go like, that's a good strategy, right? And that's still good too because. If it, even if you don't naturally think of doing those things, mm-hmm. you can say, well, you know what? That's a win-win because it's going to win. And, and, you, and you're not necessarily being you know, bad at like, I'm going to do this for the wrong reasons. You're helping mm-hmm. someone, but you're also like, look, if, 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 you know, if I can meet new people 
and, and make new friends and, and help. And that I'm sure will come back to you. You like pay it forward, right? It's always a good business strategy to help your local community. Right. I don't care what the climate, I don't care if the market's going up, right. market's going down and it's a lockdown. Yep. It's so cool to watch a community kind of come together when yeah. there's some kind of tragedy or drama. Right. That's when the real stuff shakes out. Right. And that's when you can make a big difference in your community. And that's what I told all of our agents across all of Southern California. Mm-hmm. It's like, look, dig into your community. Right. That will create brand like you will not be able to do on a Facebook ad. Trust me. Right. And create that a from a place way. of being authentic with it too. Right. So that, so also, if you look back at like another crisis we had, 9-11, right? Mm. Where people all came together. It was like a unifying... Flags everywhere. People were just like loved America. Yes. And, and and this last one is very divisive. Like the, the riots and the stuff that's been happening. Like the COVID thing. Like half the world is like, we can't leave their house or we're going to die. Half the world is like, screw that. You know, there's the data shows it's not bad. Screw the government. They did it. Yeah. the Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the labs in Wuhan. There's, there's all this stuff, right? There's, there's so much information. It's hard to disseminate it all. Like, mm-hmm. And so there's naturally going to be a lot of people on both sides. And I think that's divided a lot of people. That's such a great idea to in w- for a way to let's not look at these division things. Let's put together something where we're just helping people. We see a need and then, and, and that that's huge. That's how it grows. Like you have to start with you. Yeah. Everybody wants to be on their soapbox and we're going to change the world and all right. this big stuff. Right. What are you doing in your family? Right. What are you changing within the walls that you live in? Right. That's where all this stuff starts. Yeah. Hatred, racism, this right. stuff. Yes, it's magnified outside. Right. It starts at home. Yeah. It's like, what can you do instead of just spouting out stuff and being the loudest voice what are you actually doing with your feet and your hands and you know for uh like i i one of the things this is totally off topic but one of the things i've been getting into a lot is is child trafficking and i'm mm. getting into it but like learning about it becoming aware of it it's real it's huge mm-hmm. and there's slavery today in america with kids and around the world and and to me that's just such a gnarly thing that we don't talk about right that there's still a slavery today in america mm-hmm. and kids, kids are being kidnapped and it's like in the millions, you know, I think it's two, 2 million or something like that. But, mm-hmm. and, and so like, instead of blasting it out and, you know, we don't, I don't want to talk about it too much here, but, um, you know, just going and supporting, right. Supporting groups that are fighting that or supporting groups that are fighting racism. Yeah. And I'm not in your community. Yeah. Or, like localized. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a good way to, to not only just help with what's the problem in America, but also to help your business grow as well. And, and that's, that's, um, so like, you know, people are stuck in their houses, right? Yep. And they're realizing like, oh my God, I do not like my wife. Yes. Or, oh my God, I really love my wife and I need to have a baby with her. Yes. There's like this division in, in the, in the society, but then there's a division at home where, you know, you're realizing like, I really like my wife when I only saw her at, you know, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. But and yeah. now it's like, gosh, this is, or the wife's like, God, my husband is lazy as F, you know, mm-hmm. like, and he doesn't want to take the trash out. He's not helping around the house. And I know he's not working. So he's either, you know, so there's a lot, I think there's, there's this magnification of what's yes. going on at home, which in turn turns into homeless things because mm-hmm. there's divorce mm-hmm. and then there's babies coming. So like, mm-hmm. shoot, we got a two bedroom. We need a three bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. Like, what do you, what have you seen in that? world we've seen a ton in that space so and you are 100 percent correct it put a magnifying glass on the good right and the bad so you're like 
you never do the dishes, but then you also realize like we're spending a lot of time together. Um, you look really good. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, right. it's, it's created this whole thing. Um, what we had a lot of conversations with is a lot of people that like live by the water. They've got these beautiful homes that are three stories. They have their sweet little boat dock and all that good stuff, but they have no land. Yeah. They, and they have three kids that they're used to going to school all day right. and then coming back. They have a three bedroom. They don't have a home office set up really. Right. And they're realizing like the dogs there barking. I cannot do anything. I can't get work done. I yeah. feel terrible for my kids because there's no place for them to play. Right. I'm now yelling at them to be quiet, even though I bought this house for us with no right. yard. Right. So there's been all of those conversations where people want to either trade up to a smaller house with more land or a bigger house, more, more stuff. Right. Or they're sick of California. They want out. We helped right. a lot of people leave the state. Really? So I knew that was coming with the lockdowns. Sure. Like they're like, people are looking in online and going, Oh my God, dude, like Florida's open or, or Arizona's open or tennis, Nashville, right? Nashville, Nashville Austin. Exploded, yeah. Right. So we helped a lot of people go to, like Nevada, a lot mm-hmm. of people go to Arizona. Just it's just it's a play and it's a time. And like a lot of people are just like, look, I'm over it. Yep. I've been over it for a long time. Right. This was the tipping point. Now there's riots again. I'm done. Yeah. So, but there's a conversation around like it's it's so funny, especially you know with like married couples. Mm-hmm. We get into these routines. There's all these different stages. Like when the kids are small and they're babies, it's very family. It's very cute because it's very new and all this other cool stuff. Right. And then they get bigger and older and have more stuff. And so there's all these different chapters to life. Totally. So I like to help people like, which chapter are you in? Yeah. Like That's your kids smart. aren't small little babies anymore. Right. And your kids are off to college I got good and bad news for you. Yeah. They're not going to like come back to your dream house that yeah. you built. They don't want to be. They're back. creating their own lives. You hope, right? I mean, they, you there's hope. some that come back and live in the basement. But... Yeah, that's bad too, though. Yeah, right? You, know right. you don't mean? want that. But... No. So for us, it was like having these truthful conversations, and it's the same with our investors. Like, right. where are you at with your portfolio? Does it make sense to maybe sell in California this three million dollar, you know, like? 12 unit building and go buy a hundred unit thing in Memphis. Right. Or, you know, somewhere in Tennessee that's exploding. So it's been a lot of conversations on what do I do, Andy? Yeah. And then again, it goes right back to the data. Look, here's where we're at. Everything that I do is based on math. And it's not a one size fits all people. Some people, yeah, like you said, with the chapters of their life, like what are they doing? I think for mortgage brokers too, you can ask that question because, you know, people have financial plans, right? And they want to do some different things, whether it's, buy rental properties or, and that's a question right now. I think that's going through a lot of people's minds is like, if I buy a rental property is, is that going to, are people going to pay the tenants? Are they mm-hmm. going to pay? Are they, you know, are they just not going to pay? And it's just going to be a bad investment, mm-hmm. you know, or do I buy an Airbnb? Cause then what if it COVID shuts down again and then we can't do Airbnb. So how do you answer those questions for these, you know, these people? Like, what do you, what do you tell them? Like, Sure. It's it's That's it's the same point. as this right here. Yeah. I get very clear on who they are as a person. Yeah. And I try to find out where their risk threshold is. Yeah. And I'm like, look, if you want zero risk, yeah. here's what I would do. I would buy a fourplex, safe, secure, yeah. long loan. It's not commercial. Maybe you have like one of the units is an Airbnb. Sure. And that's just a constant cycle. That thing cycles out, whatever. Yeah. 
and then the rest are long term. So it's mm-hmm. going to cover a large chunk of the mortgage. Like the three will cover the mortgage, and then the fourth is all profit. That's your profit and cash flow. Right. You could leave it vacant for a month because you have somebody coming like here to town, friends sure. or family or whatever, or that becomes a unit for your son or daughter that comes back from college for a year to get them back on their feet. Right. So we try to plan for what you actually want. Yeah. Ask a lot of questions. A ton of questions. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons of questions. And, and then we get really clear on what kind of product's going to work best for you. Sure. Is it a house? Is it a huge building? Is it a smaller building? Right. And then we kind of go from there. People aren't going to not pay rent. So right. when this whole thing hit, we got way ahead of it. Mm-hmm. We reached out to all of our tenants across the country. We sent them letters. We sent them new leases, new contracts, new everything and said, look, we're here to work with you. Yep. No one's getting evicted. No one's getting kicked out and we're not raising anybody's rents. That's good. But this is our family's business. Mm-hmm. Just like you can't afford it, we can't afford it. Right. So I don't want to be put in a position where it's me or you. Yeah, that's so smart. So I was stayed way in front of it. I'm like, look, I want to help your family. Here's what we can do. And we made it an individual basis. We only had two people that couldn't pay rent for two months. Wow. We got them back. We put on the back end of their lease. But because I was approaching them, mm-hmm. not waiting, ooh, what are my tenants going to do? Yeah. It's like parenting. It, it's, such a good, it's such a good point of view because I think the initial reaction is, is – Oh, F them if they're not going to pay. Like, I'm going to evict them, That's right? reactionary. That's reactionary. But right. if you're like, look, hey, I want to work with you. Yeah. I know you need to understand, too, by you not paying, that affects my family. Mm-hmm. So how can we win together versus, you know, being just reactionary, like at you said? War. Like, at I war. I came from a place right. of love, right. not a place of like, I'm the landlord, bump, yeah. bump, bump. <laughs> right. Because that does nothing. Right, that puts a bigger wedge between myself and my tenants, and it makes them want to, re, you know, defend and react. Watch this! And, I'm yeah. not going to pay for 90 days. Yeah, because try they, to evict me. Right, like the cops aren't going to evict me. You know, like and I'm like, little do you know, uh, they will. Yeah, uh, you, they might not want to, but the law is still on our side and on your side. Yeah, there are rules and things that we can and can't do. So for me, it was how do we come at this thing with the least amount of casualties. Yeah. And it's smart. And it worked. And we got super lucky, but at the same time, we stayed in front of it. Yeah. And it's the same with media. It's the same with all of this other stuff. Like right. all this doom and gloom and the market's gonna crash. And I'm gonna wait. Yeah. Wait for what? You're gonna lose. Like so I just yeah. stay in front of it. Well they don't they say if there's blood on the streets, that's when you buy. Mm-hmm. That's like I think when I when I saw the stock market shoot up, it was like one of the days when the riots were the worst. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm kind of seeing what's going on now, like mm-hmm. with why people buy and they wait for the jobs report. And if it's terrible, they buy, right? And the stock market goes up. You're like, or then, then at the end, the flip side too, the, the market goes crazy when the jobs report are way better than expected. So it's hard to navigate that, but I know what you're saying. And, and it it's, it's, I love what the way your mind works and how you want to get ahead of things. Like you, you don't, you know, like most people I think are reactionary mm. and, 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 I think that probably comes back to some of your 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 uh, disciplines that you have in your life. I think you mm-hmm. said you meditate every so morning. So when you when you take time for yourself, like when, it, what another thing about that is you're not letting someone else. You're not on autopilot. I think we've talked about that on another podcast. Mm-hmm. But you are taking control of the car, right? So when you meditate, you have time to reflect, think about what you can, and then things probably pop in your head, like what you got to do. You, do you have a journal that you put like always? Like to me, I, that's something I I have not completely gotten into is, is meditation. And I think mm-hmm. 
that is a huge thing that I want to add to my life this year. And Especially if you have a strong connection with God. Mm-hmm. I know you do. I do big right. time. That's when I get spoke to. Wow. Like when I'm calm yep. and I'm open, like right. my like my heart's open, my yep. mind's open. I'm in a very pure state. Yep. That's when the good stuff comes in. Right. Hence the journal. Yeah. Because it comes in do like you a journal whisper. while you're there. Or you no. wait. You wait after I'm done. Yeah. 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 So it's. Every morning, it's literally like Groundhog Day. It's a little <laughs> annoying, but it's it's what works. Do you have another room you go into? That no, I stay right where I'm at, and mm-hmm. I literally sit up like Dracula, <laughs> like sit up <laughs> from bed, yeah. and I just get really comfortable and really calm, and I drop into a ten minute meditation. That's cool. And then I sit in gratitude for five minutes. Nice. And then I kind of write down what comes to me. Yeah. I start to stretch out a little bit. Then I work out. I get my coffee. Then my boys wake up. I play with my kids. That fills up my heart. That's cool. So. I don't let my day come to me. Like I go to the day yeah. at my time, but that meditation in the morning, especially when there's drama going on in the world, yeah. that's my pause. Right. That's when I can get those really good ideas. And here was a, here was a perfect example. I was in a deep meditation. And as soon as I came out, I had this poof of like, we have 40 million people that aren't working. Yep. How many of them were in the hotel bartenders, servers were in the service industry mm-hmm. that weren't our clients right now anyways right over 50 percent of them were in that field 58 percent of the 40 million servers bartenders people that work in the hospitality industry right that are literally cash paycheck to paycheck they're making 40k a year and they're traveling they have a lifestyle play or they're young they weren't our clients yet anyways so it's not going to affect the real estate market as much as people thought yep so i was like let's go investigate that i give a I love Tom Ferry. He's my, you know, homie. I gave him a call. He's like, perfect timing. We're doing a show on that with these great minds from the East Coast. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. So like, it's those, it's those things that we have, and your daily disciplines will separate you on all of your levels. Like, you want to lose weight, yep. daily disciplines and daily consistencies. You want a better relationship at home. Yep. Same thing. Yeah. So you got to do things over and over. You can't just try something once and be like, oh, didn't work. So guess that's not good. You got to keep, right? Give yourself enough runway to win. Right. I tell people all the time, I love to start new stuff, but I know I'm going to fall on my face a lot in the beginning. Yeah. So I give myself enough room for those wins to start to stack. That's good. Because that creates confidence. That's, that's so many people need to learn that because I think it's easy now, especially with, with, uh, we've had a good, we've had a good run in America. And things have been years, good, right? Years. Yeah, and, and, and things have been really good and easy in a way yes. for a lot of people, right? With with good paying jobs and, you know, lowest unemployment, you know, until this all happened. And so, you know, a lot of people think things are, should be easy. But then when, when a hard time comes, and like we've just seen, people fall on their face, the reality check comes in, uh, you know, people are like, well, to hell with it, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's because things have been so easy and, and people haven't had to go through hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as we know, you know my story and I, mm-hmm. and I know some of your story and it's like, that's what makes people like successful. It gives you your medal. Yeah. Like that's what really gives you your medal. And here's the thing is, I think it's all hard. Yeah. I love to work out as much as I hate it. Yeah. You know, I love business sometimes as much as I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's all hard. Yeah. So as soon as it's you're hard, just okay if you, with that. It's like like working out. If you're doing lightweights, not hard. But if you're doing hard, <laughs> anyway, right. it's hard. That's right. Or you're just, you know, chilling on the treadmill. You're It's yeah. not that hard. But if you're busting your ass running as fast as you can, then 
or running the long, you know, going the long marathon. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely hard. So um, in America, you know, we've had a lot of you know, had a good run, good good times. Now it's so uncertain, right? With the thought of COVID could come back, the thought mm-hmm. of you know, would they could they shut down the economy again? Could you know, would will Airbnb go back down? Um, tenants, we talked about that, but like the uncertainty. Of, uh, of of real estate, are you you think it's going to be a couple of years more? We got you know two or three years of a good run, low rates. Mm-hmm. You know, what about the election? Do you think I know things will calm down once the election's over? Yes. Uh, you know, what whoever wins, will still be hopefully it'll probably be calm no matter what. Yes. Because uh, there'll be some more certainty. Okay, we're all right. We're stuck with this guy for the next four years, or oh, this new guy. We don't know what's up, but it's going to be at least less you know crazy than that. So. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on post-election real estate? I think it's going to be a quiet December. I think there's going to be a lot of people just kind of like slowly taking in what happened, whichever direction it goes. Not my president or on both sides, right? Right. We buy very heavy the month of December because a lot of people aren't looking. They're on vacation. I love buying in December. We go really hard. So I'm looking forward to that time because I think there's going to be tremendous opportunity. The ones that leave their house on the market usually need to sell. Correct. Because no one wants people coming through the house in December. 100%. But if it's on the market, you know they're motivated. And they want to get out in this particular tax year. So there's all kinds of things that we use to help help them make that decision. Right. But for me, it's just – it's – it's to always have the tools you need. That's why I'm super grateful that I got deep into real estate in 2008, Mm -hmm. 9, 10, when everything was sideways. Right. Because guess what? If everything goes sideways, it doesn't affect me. Right. I have those tools in my toolbox. Always be learning new stuff and try to be a little bit ahead of it if possible. Yeah. But I honestly don't care if the market goes down. I'm going to lose some money on paper for the buildings I have. Right. But the opportunity... Yeah. well outweighs that right and gives you some more chances to buy some some cheap real estate of or... course so that that you kind of sound like a bob right now yes because you're you've been through some yes. some stuff some shit and like hard times a little bit and you know we're, we're going through that again i know we talked on the last podcast about bobs you have the bobs group. i have the bobs yep and they're like the secret ninjas because they've been through maybe five or four you know yeah, crisis. cycles mm-hmm. yeah so Tell me about it. You know, have you called the Bobs or met with the Bobs in this in this crisis? Oh yeah, no, I talk to them all the time, and I've yeah. met with them once they weren't super afraid of everything. Sure, because they're older. They're yeah. So I'm trying to use that side of my brain more. Like I'm pretend I'm 75. Yeah, like, not what 43. Would you do? Right, right. What would you guys do? And Ooh. I just they've got such wisdom. Right, and. I mean, there was a huge pivot that I made about a year ago because of a meeting with one of the Bobs. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, look, you know we've never invested outside of our little area. Like, you're going all over the country and you're speaking at all these events and you're creating this big thing. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just aim that ship at your local community and you'll be amazed what happens. Hmm. So that sunk in and I started this whole team and started to build out this other thing and company. Yeah. I saw that shift. I remember you started focusing back in Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like now we have this real estate team and now we've partnered with this unbelievable company called the address and we're scaling that out. So like now you see me posting about like signs in the front yard with my face on it Yeah, because it's fun for me. Like that part of real estate I skipped over. I went straight to the investing side. So now I'm learning something new so for in the next two or three years or four years when it does shift, I'm going to have a team of soldiers right. that I'm going to need 
that I didn't have in 2008 and 9 because I was the soldier. So the Bobs gave you some good advice about focusing on your local area. What what else have they told you? That this is not going to be the last cycle, but we got a good 24 to 36 months of a strong real estate market. And how are they coming up with that? Just based on data, like we were talking about earlier? Data, yeah, data. And uh, there's a lot of stuff from their gut, which I can appreciate. Yeah. But there are... it's like being a surfer. You know when the swell's coming. You know when it's dying down. Like you've been in it. You know, like like people who are new to surfing don't get that. But like Mm -hmm. you've been doing it since you were, you know, 10, 15. Like you in your 40, you know... A big swell's coming. That's a perfect example too. So you have this whole entire lineup, right? Right. And you've got these young groms that are there that can do the airs and they've, you know, all this stuff. Right. And then you got the older salty dogs. They might feel like this big set coming in before them because they're talking and they're doing whatever. Right. And then all of a sudden, all the old dogs are paddling for the outside. And everybody's like, where do you guys, Uh where'd they go? (laughs) And then you start to see them coming in. Right. It's that feeling you have that's hard to explain. Right. Because you have so many economic markers. Right. That start to go off. Yep. I mean, and I just listen to them. I'm like, look, you guys have 30 plus years in the game longer than me. Right. I just follow them. And they haven't been cleaned out once. It's amazing. And, and I'm, you know, I feel like that's a hundred percent right. I mean, tomorrow an asteroid could hit us. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not tomorrow because we would see it. But. Yeah. We'd probably see it coming, but yeah, <laughs> but we could be told that an asteroid's coming, right? Or yep. whatever. But apart from that happening or something even crazier than the pandemic, you know, if things don't get, if there's no massive black swans, like there just was, then I agree. I think we're going to have a, a rebound to the economy. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a, a very strong su- uh, rest of the summer. Um, and then next year is going to be super strong. Yes. And then probably in a few more years or two more years after that. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, when we were talking, I think a year ago, we kind of were thinking like, okay, there could be a correction in the stock market because that, that was, you know, heating I was going up. hard with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I was thinking too, like, you know, history repeats itself. There was the 9-11 and then there was, you know, there was the dot-com bubble. You could feel that little cycle and then, then the 9-11 and then it's like, you know, you can kind of like look back at history and see. And, you know, I was part of that a little bit when I was in the mortgage business earlier on in my career. But, you know, this same kind of thing is like you see a pullback in the stock stock market real quick, but then it's a fast drop versus a long drawn out drop. So then that probably means it's going to be a quicker upside. Same with real estate. It's like you pause it and then you just, you know, it's almost like we put hit pause and then did our thing for a few months, then put it, put it back on. You know, for most people, you were killing it and crushing it. But, but I see, I agree. I think things should be really good regardless of who wins. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't watch all the news, like it doesn't affect you that much. You wouldn't much. even know. You wouldn't even know what's going on, wouldn't right? Even know. Unless you live downtown, you know, L.A. or then you would know. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, what the heck's going, going on? on right now? Yeah, this is nuts. And then, like in Seattle, there's like a like a little autonomous or have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Like just, it's, yeah. So that I don't know. That probably won't last that long. I'm thinking. No. Um, but you know, you've told me a little bit about what you're doing to market yourself. I think all that's amazing. Getting new business. Um, you you've told me about your um your meditation mm-hmm. that's you know what are the next two things that you think that make you successful as Andy Dean Carter uh probably I stay pretty humble like 
I don't drive a bunch of fancy cars. Yeah. I stay really, really grounded in who I am and where I came from. Yeah. And for me, that's really important. Right. Um, I like to stay in my lanes. Like, I like to help people, which mm-hmm. is which is big. But I'm constantly addicted to learning new stuff. Like, that's huge. I get really frustrated if I'm not learning something new. Again, drives mm-hmm. my wife bananas. How do you learn? Do you learn books? Podcasts, I'm more of like a video, visual and right. I'm like audio learner. <clears throat> I'm super dyslexic. I've got all kinds of stuff to like mess me up from learning. Mm-hmm. So I learned at a very different rate, mm-hmm. but I'm more of like, I've got gear one or gear six. So I'm either kind of thinking about it or I'm all in. I'm going to learn everything about it. Right. And that's like, for me, that's always my strong suit. And I just give myself again, tons of permission to win and enough runway to pull it off. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, here was a like a huge example. I wanted to start a podcast, mm-hmm. and I had no idea how to start. I had right. no idea what it was going to do. Mm-hmm. I just decided I was going to. I bought all the gear. Didn't launch it for a year because of fear, but I just like to learn new stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it is, as long as my brain is in the process of learning or in the secondary process of mastery. Yeah. I'm fulfilled. And then I'm actually leading by example for my family. And that's like very important for me, yeah. you know, and it's like a legacy play. Like I'm not a one trick pony. I have mm-hmm. a lot of different things about me that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I try to share those things. That's huge. And your mind is a muscle, mm. right? I mean, if you don't learn, you're, you're kind of like, I think, I think that's, that's such a huge thing to do is always to, to use your mind and to, to learn new things, be open, right? Like part of your being humble is also pro- pro- probably Big reason on why, you know, you're open to learning, right? Because mm. you're like, I don't already know everything. If you're if you're not humble, you think you know you know it all, right? And you're not going to go out and try to learn and be you know be a sponge and and just fill your mind with new stuff. There's plenty of room. There's, there's tons of hard drive space up there. Tons. You can learn so much yeah. and never stop, right? Until you're until you're dead. Um, so I think that's a huge thing, and, and I think people, if they're listening to this podcast, that they're also in that same boat. They want to learn. They want to hear things. They want to hear new ideas. They want to hear how they can better themselves, right? And how they can they can become, you know, the best them. Yeah, because there's, I mean, there's so many studies out there that when we are in the state of learning something yeah. new as humans, we're the happiest. Yeah. So was that uh, the second thing? Do you have? A, is there a third thing? I think you said humble and then learning. And- humble learning, and you you have to exercise, my friends. You do like this. The secret to life is exercise. Do I don't always like to do it, but I also know it's so important. Right. It like I sleep better. It helps with all of the different hormone levels that are in my body to keep me happy and healthy, yeah. and it burns up stress. Like it does. It it is. It, it's like cortisol, the miracle drug all that, for yeah. all of our ailments and all of our diseases. You can usually fix with sleep, water, and exercise. Yeah. Like, so why wouldn't you incorporate those things into your life if it's going to help? Right. And so for me, it's just it's always trying to stay again in front of those things, so I can you know. What's be your there favorite for my workout? I like a lot of yoga, and I like cycling. Mm-hmm. I, I like you know. Do you have a Peloton? Or you I do. Outside? Oh yeah, Peloton. And, awesome. and the treadmill and the rower, and yeah. you know, I like to move. I like to move my body, and yeah. it's just it's it's fun. That's good. I just started getting into swimming, like treading water. It's great. Swimming is amazing. I mean, I, I don't have a big enough pool to, to swim laps and yeah. stuff, but but treading water, that's a good workout. It's very difficult. You ask any water polo player, and you're like, if you can tread water for a long time, you get a phenomenal workout. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And the Peloton thing is, is huge because it's like – 
it's sitting there staring at you in the morning or you walk by it or whatever and you're like okay i need to get on that and then 20 minutes but then you just i think creating a habit mm-hmm. is like what you're saying is like and you, and you touched on that but how important is it to create those habits and takes what 10 days 14 days of just doing it every day and then you're going to be like okay now i'm doing it it's where all the freedom is yeah you create leverage on yourself right. i make them a non-negotiable i literally play those little games with myself like something bad will happen to my kids if i don't do it <laughs> oh, that's good i go super deep to make sure that i'm held accountable if i don't get up and do the peloton this morning my, my kid's, kid's gonna break gonna his leg or something get like, coronavirus to- totally like yeah. i play these weird He'd be the one kid that gets <laughs> that's right the only one in the whole country be my fault yeah. so for me that's what what works and so like right now i'm doing no carbs no sugar and the first three days were a pain. Like I could smell and taste ice cream. Like I, it is. Uh, we are addicted as a, as very a society much so. to carbs. To yes. you know. So for me, it was like, how long will this last? Yep. It lasted four days. Now I'm on day twelve. Yep. I don't miss it. It's been great. I don't have. I feel better. I sleep better. I don't get headaches in the afternoon like I used to. Mm-hmm. Like so now, it becomes a conscious choice. Right, right. now it's like. You know this helps you, right? But you're gonna now not do it. So right. now there's the guilt yeah. and the shame that goes with it. You know you're gonna be better if you do this, and if you don't, you're gonna be worse. So the choice is yours. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a same in business. And it's we all have else. time. You know, busy being busy is a choice in in a lot of ways. You know, it's like oh, I don't have time to work out. You know, I got the, the well. You're not gonna have time if you die. You from, a heart attack, a heart attack. It's, it's yeah. over. You have no time. So take care of yourself first, you know, or, and, then, and then you'll have more energy. You're going to have, you'll be able to have focus. Yep. Like you said, less headaches. Um, what other hacks? Like, you know, there, I know there's some biohacks that you probably do. Like I know you said bulletproof. Bulletproof coffee yeah. every morning. I love it. I stay full. I have tons of energy. So it's like intermittent fasting in a way too. Correct. Yeah. So like, so I usually don't eat my first meal until one, like or one thirty. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and the most like crazy thing about this whole little process that I've been doing, I'm fuller faster. Mm. So I'm eating less because my stomach is smaller. Yeah. I'm clear, have more energy, which I heard forever, but didn't actually do. And now right. I feel it. Well, people, you know, you've heard people say, yeah. well, eat your, eat your food or you're not going to, you're not going to be able to study or you're not going to have a good day. And you're like, not true. actually it's the opposite. Opposite. Yeah. And then you get way more focused. And then. So by like five o'clock when I'm supposed to have dinner with the family, right. it's a lot less. So now I'm getting fuller, faster. And then it's just, it's this little, it took me 12 days to get to this place hmm. out of the 43 years I've had on this planet. And now it's like, why wouldn't I do this? This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, feel it, better. Yeah. It's for me during COVID, I, I think they said the COVID-19, like I think I, I didn't put yeah. on 19 pounds, but I put on like nine. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. Cause there's like, you know, you get, you get this in this mode of like, I don't know, I'm going to eat. I'm going to, you know, I'm bored or whatever. You're not really bored, but you're like, you know, what, what else is there to do? There's, you can't change the fact that we're locked down. And I think in the first month here in, in Cal in San Diego, it was raining like mm-hmm. a lot. So a ton. And mm-hmm. I was thinking like, I'm so glad I don't live in Chicago where it's snowing or wherever, you know, where it's snowing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but still, it was still like raining nonstop. And you're like, you know, okay, I'm going to have some great, great sourdough bread with, you know, soup and, <laughs> soup and grilled cheese. cheese. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. And I, you know, so I put on weight and 
I'm like, now I'm like, God, now I've got to go do the, what you said, like 14 days of this to get a new habit. It's called a pattern interrupt. Like you got to give yourself a pattern interrupt to smack yourself in the face. Yeah. Cause it's so easy putting it on and so hard to put it off. Especially as you get older. Yeah. And so for me, I did not change one habit for COVID. I still woke up, did the same thing. And I would leave the house. My wife's like, where are you going? Are you I'm going? like, I'm going to go drive properties. Cause I refuse to like, let this thing slow me down. Yeah. That's, that's and I awesome. stayed into that schedule and she's like, you're going to bring COVID home. We had big old fights about it. Yeah. It was a real thing in like, our house. I'm going to be in my, in my car by myself, by myself. I'm going to be at the office by myself on the yeah. computer. And then I'm going to be home with you guys. Yeah. So with, I'm safe. Like, COVID's not in mosquitoes that we know. That's right. And there's no real mosquitoes here. So that true. So for me, it was just like, stay the course, stay the course. And then it worked. And I was always the one just, I was trying to stay positive out of the whole thing. I was like, look, this is going to be over in a week or two. Yeah. I just kept saying it. This is going to be over in a week or two. Right. And we're still here, but yeah. I'm still saying it. It's going to be over in a week it's or two. Be two more weeks. Two more weeks are done. Two more weeks. July 1st, be over. I mean, I heard that now, you know, new, news these days, ever since it was 24-7, got terrible. News is just... Yes just clickbait and just headlines that are just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Like, like they'll say there's been a 33% increase in COVID cases in this one small town that had four cases. So like one mm-hmm. more person got it, you mm-hmm. know, like, so they'll, but they'll, instead of saying one more person got COVID in this town, they'll say there's a spike of 33%. They're manipulating the math to their benefit, which is why right. like CNN and NBC, all these people lost crazy credibility. Right. They lost major sponsor dollars wow. because of it. Yeah. And that, so that that's happening. Um, but like my point, I think I was trying to make is that the, the fact that COVID continues to, you know, to be this fearful thing, like there's people that say, okay, it's the, we're going to lock down again, you know? And then, then I think I've heard other people say, like, there's no way, like people won't buy it. People aren't going to do it. Right. So, you know, we'll see. I just adapt. I stay very. Well, you find a way to, to win no matter what. I'm like, going to, yeah. and it's it's because of how I was raised. I was raised with nothing. Yeah. Like we had Same. nothing. Same here. I mean, I had a house with some food, but. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we moved. Good, good parents. But. 17 times from when I was four to like. Yeah. You, Same yeah, exact yeah. thing. 17 I, times. It was insane. So like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. I might not like it. Right. But I'm still going to figure it out. Right. Because there's, there's no other choice. What am I going to do? Just sit there and lay down? Yeah. No. I'm not going to let my kids be like, why is dad on the couch for three days? Yeah, right. That's never going to happen. And you know, I think we talked about this before, but kids, when they're young, are being programmed, mm. right? Because their minds are, they, they come in blank state. They don't come in knowing math or English. or mm-hmm. So they're being programmed and they're watching us, mm-hmm. right? Like, so whatever you do as a parent, when your kids are zero to nine or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that age is, That's- they're being programmed to know kind of how they're going to, their future is going to be in a way. That's right. And that's what just spurred that on. As you said, you know, you, you don't want your kids to see you sitting on the couch for three days. No way. They're going to go like, okay, when there's bad things that happen, I just sit on the couch. Dad goes to work. Yeah. He goes to help fix it. Yeah. Like, and we're very mindful of the conversations we have in front of our kids. That's huge. Like we don't talk about the stuff that's bad and negative and oh, this and that. Like, right. No, they're going to have their whole lives to be fed that stuff. Sure. They don't need it from us. Right. That's so huge. we stay in front of that. And we had talks about the riots and we had talks about the stuff that's going on. But like they're four and six, but they're still, they're four and six. It's not like they're two and 
three. Right, right. So we're just trying they're, to be very seeing, mindful. They're kind of seeing people with masks on and like, mm-hmm. and they've got know, their own little mask. Right. My four year old hates it. He's like, I don't care if I get COVID. <laughs> but that's his personality. Like right. he's a pistol. Yeah. And my wife's always she's like, how much fun is it to parent yourself? I'm like, it's awesome. It's great. This is like my little sidekick. He's like mini me. Full of fire and just piss and vinegar. I bet he's going to crush it. He will. He I'm will. sure both. You have two sons, right? Yeah, two boys. They're going to both crush it. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you was how do you, like, because our podcast is around mortgages, right? So, like, mm-hmm. how do you see, you know, using a mortgage broker in, in, in like, does that, has anything changed there? Has has there been a lot of help during this time with mortgage brokers? Like the people you know that mm-hmm. I know they're crushing it because rates are low, and so they're doing a lot of Fannie Freddie. But then during this time, there was no non QM. Mm-hmm. Like what would I do? Right, mm-hmm. what we do. So that kind of went away for a while. So the people that focus on non QM had a tough last sixty ninety days. Yes, but these Fannie Freddie, Govy, refi machines—they are just they're rich. Yes, they're, they're cashing in like when the. The sun's out, make hay, right? Like they're making so much hay. And there's 60 to 100 loans yeah. a month. Like they'll have their biggest year probably yes. ever. I've got two that have been in the business for over 20 years. They literally can't keep up. Yeah. And there's like two, three weeks in underwriting. There's locks or having to be extended. It's a crazy time right now. How do you see, like, do you see that, like, these guys are all focused on refis now. And so it's hard because you're an agent and you, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they can't get, Hey, I'm over here. Like, remember me, yeah. the guy that gave you these, lo- these That's leads, right. like the, the first ones. Yeah. yeah. The first. And now you're busy refining those guys that I gave you, you know, like, yeah. um, I, I'm sure, you know, mortgage brokers need to take time for their agents and to remember it. There's not, all, this isn't going to last forever. The, the low rates, even if they stay low forever, people are going to, that's a, there's that's a huge, a it's going to, Yeah. And, and then they're not going to be able to refile those people. So how do you, what is your message to mortgage brokers to stay in touch with their agents during these times? It's to be of service. Like, yeah. I mean, we're very much of service to them and it's a phone call and you have a deal. Right. I would, I would love to have that happen to me as many times as it happens to my loan officers. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one of those things where like it takes a long time to build a, relationship and a very short period of time to crush it right so and i'm very upfront with them all of them i'm like look here's here's where we're at here's what we need to do right but it's it's for me it's the data i need the knowledge i need to know what you're hearing on your end so i can continue to react on my end yeah so as long as we're still kind of working together we're good yeah but the day that you move my file from the first spot to the 60th spot right you might as well just delete my number because you're not the business is over yeah, because there's a lot of mortgage people out there. It's there's a lot Just of them. like agents. Yeah, so that maintaining that relationship and knowing, you know. Like when Andy calls, you answer. Yeah, and just make the calls. Yeah, just like a real estate professional is going to reach out to an old client or a past client. Right, like, you got to make is your a calls. B two B business. Like you got, right. you got to get to your agents. And be like, hey, how's everything going out there? Not sure if you know, but there's an awesome program, and we can get this client, this client, this client that bought two years ago sure. down to two point eight. Right. Should I call them or do you want to? Yeah, that's good. That's somebody who's now helping my business and reaching out for me because yeah. it might be time for them to trade up or trade down mm-hmm. because they bought a 2-1. Now they need a 3-2 because they have a COVID kid coming. Right. So like we're a team. That's good. And when you work with your mortgage professional like that, mm-hmm. everybody wins. Clients, Absolutely. you do. And I think everybody. it goes back to what you said earlier about 
taking charge of your day, right? Like in like being proactive versus reactive. I think if you just sit there and take all your calls and do and maybe play catcher for the for the month or two when you're doing refis, you're not saying, okay, well, I'm going to block off six hours to do that. And then my two hours I'm going to use to do outbound calls. So I'm going to take charge of my life and my future to ensure that I have a future when this dries up, when the refi boom dries up. Of course, like what you did. You literally have this giant thing removed from your leg and you're making calls the next day. Like, you have to do it. You do what you have to do to get it done. Like yeah. That's the thing. I don't care what your excuse is. I don't care what it is. When you have the like, I'm going to figure it out mindset, right. you don't have problems. Right. Or if you do, you can, you can solve them. And you that's know, right. you get, and that's a skill I think that luckily some people that have to move 17 times in their life or they start out with nothing, they kind of learn that just as a kid or as a t- young person. Mm-hmm. And then some people have to learn it as an older person. Because that's it's just a lot easier as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it is, and like, like I think that's in in a way that's a privilege that we've had. I because, agree. like, and I think as Gary Vee says sometimes, like you know, I I have people that are super rich crying to me that there's they wish they didn't have so much money given to them as a is a you know as a yep. trust fund kid or whatever. But like, I think you know you you get your your cards dealt right, and you deal with what you get, and then you just have to keep moving and learning and becoming better and and. Never stop learning and never stop fighting and trying and right. Keep it real simple, like, right. and that's the thing. Like, like so, it's not even been a year that I've been doing traditional real estate and trying to build a team. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're not even in July and I've annihilated my goal yeah, six months amazing. in. In the middle of a global lockdown, in the middle of this big financial dip, just because like I'm gonna go and get my business. Yeah. If there's a for sale sign somewhere like somewhere in the neighborhood yep. that's not mine, that there's an opportunity. Yeah. And there's so many clowns in our business on both sides, mortgage business and realtors. Right. Why are they doing business? And I'm not. Yeah. Like, it's are they making more calls? I'll make more calls then. Yeah. Right? You- so the business is out there. We live in the United States. Yeah. Like there's a trillion ways to become a millionaire. There are. Pick one. Figure it out. Yeah. And, just, and you got to work, though. You got to work. You gotta put it's the not going to be right? given to you. Yeah. It's not going to be like, I bought a lotto ticket. I won the lottery. You got you to buy a lot, a lot of tickets to win. It's way easier. And to you work. may still never win, but Effort. at least with work ethic and with yeah. applying that same concept to a business, mm-hmm. you can win. Like, it, it, I think they said, someone said, like, persistence or being relentless or one of those things is, is one of the biggest keys to success because you could be not the best looking person. You could be the, you know, the, have a speech impediment. You could have whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And if you just continue to try oh. and go, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hit the, you know, hit the nail at some point and you're going to get it done. But, um, if you just give up, you know, um, the, never that feeling done. feels terrible. Like I hate even like to hear like the give up thing. Yeah. It just, it eats at me like no other. I hate, I would rather, I would rather be second than quit. Like I, I just I can't, yeah. I just don't have it in me. That's a, it's good, good stuff. Anything you want to leave us with, with, with our team or anything you questions you, you wanted to ask or uh, like about mortgages? Yeah. I mean like, like where, what are real estate guys thinking about mortgages right now? Um, that there's just crazy interest rates so yeah. that it's super low. That's great. Um, maybe about the, um, maybe like the jumbo space, maybe the space cause it was it's super hot and then it got super cold yeah. and now it's starting to heat back up again with some discounts. So, I mean, like, 
I would love to hear what you guys are seeing in that space, maybe from like the seven to 20 million range. So a lot of the, the super jumbo stuff is gone. Yeah. I figured like out private money can still do it. Yeah. We have an insurance company that uh, is interested in buying some big loans, but okay. they cap out at 10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting to dabble back into that. You know, I know we, you know, made our claim to fame is that they're the super jumbo lender mm-hmm. fund loans. And, uh, I see it coming back, but yeah. still people are nervous because a $10 million house can become a $5 million house real fast yes. if there's no buyers for it, right? That's right. If you have the Taj Mahal looking house and like all of a sudden everyone wants the, you know, the farmhouse or the, yep. the modern, you know, different, like that can switch pretty quick. Yes. And especially with like, like you were saying, you know, houses by the ocean, they're small. And mm-hmm. like now people are like... I kind of want to go in, you know, maybe Inland. have two two acres with a, sick, a ranch, sick one one story, right? Mm-hmm. You know, still sprawled out with a guest house, so you know I can have my parents there or whatever. And um, but you know, jumbo to answer your question, I I see it coming back. It's not going to be the same right now, but it, in in the near future, it's going to yeah. be back. <clears throat> um, still, some of the the community banks will will do stuff for their their special clients, like of course. First Republic, right? It's going to do yep. some some special things. If you got a million bucks with first Republic, they'll give you you know a pretty great deal that sucks for mortgage brokers because it sucks. And it's good because a lot of people don't want to leave their money in a bank like that. They no. use, especially self-employed people. They're like, I don't want to park a million bucks at this bank and just let it sit there. I can make a lot more money on my money buying rentals or That's right. So, um, you know, we're, we're seeing it come back. We're seeing, uh, non-QM 2.0, which is, okay. it's, I thought it was gonna be a lot worse. I thought it was gonna be like really, really low LTVs again, because mm-hmm. that's kind of how it started with mm-hmm. bank statement loans and all that. But now it's, it's you know, we're, we're up to 75 LTV now oh, on, a, on a bank statement loan. And we're up to 85 potentially on a, on a purchase full doc with non-QM, mm. um, up to certain loan amounts. And then like the DSER, you know about that, like debt service coverage mm-hmm. ratio loans, the investment properties where you just use the cash flow to to, so you don't have to qualify with your tax returns or income and you're just qualifying with the property. Those are going back up to 65, 70 LTV. So, you, okay. you know, um, and I see that probably going up to 75 and 80 over time. And, you know, when, when it's like competition, right? When everyone, when one fund comes back or one REIT comes back, then they're all, they all kind of like, okay, well, we want more business. We want more business and, and, it, and it expands. So uh, it's, 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 we're going to be in a, in a time of expansion over the next year. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the first products are, are, like I said, better than I thought. So it's already good and it's just going to get better Perfect. as long as the economy stays going good. You know? I think it's going to be good. I yeah. think we got a good run. Yeah. I think what's going to push it down. We've already had the biggest thing in our history, push it down and yeah, it rebounded years. like a ball. Yeah. In a hundred years. And it, and what that's interesting because we thought it was gonna be really bad, right? We thought. I mean, I remember listening to Gavin Newsom saying two million people are going to die in California. I wanted to choke him. I know. That, but yeah. I was like, that's not going to happen. But but okay, because I mean, everyone's at home, right, during this time. And it's like, a great way to control people. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. that two happened. million of you are going to die. Stay inside. Stay inside. Don't come out. And don't spend any money. Right. And, you know, now, let's say, and I, and I posted this on Facebook a while back. I got a ton of, you know, haters. But of course. I was saying, um, what if you know, what we did today and what the, the reaction that they did creates like a never cry wolf scenario, mm-hmm. right? We're like, then there's an Ebola that's contagious. And we're like, what? You guys are just, you didn't know anything about the last. There was so many, 
you know, this side, that side, and CDC changed their story 10 times. The WHO changed their story a dozen times. Like, do we just not trust them anymore? Like, I mean, I think there's going to be it's people gonna, that do. It's going to be an interesting thing. And this could be like the new kind of cycle. Yeah. Like, this is the new cycles. Right. So we'll see what happens. It's more more around health versus like... Yes, because because the fundamentals are good, you know, with with loans, mm-hmm. very good with loans, and it's safe. It's like just, it's hard it, to get a loan still. It's still hard to get a loan. You still can't be a clown, which is great. You gotta have a down payment, and you're buying a hard asset that you get to own to the center of the earth, yeah. and you get to own all of the airspace to space, right? And you get to own a piece of this country. Yeah, and 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 this, you know, I've been in a lot of different countries. Me it's too. still a really great country. Yeah, we have our problems. But try going to some other countries and spend some time there. You'll find out that America is great. I've talked to a lot of people that have come here with nothing. And they're like, I would rather have nothing here than nothing where I'm from. Yep. Or something from where I'm from. Right? Because a lot of them left. Mm -hmm. You talk to people. Just spend time. I think it's really great to open your mind like we were talking about earlier and and be open and be humble and, and realize that there's a lot of people still wanting to come to America. Like from all over the world, they Most want to come here of the planet, right? And and they're coming. They want to come here for a reason, to have a different life. And there's this guy that cuts my hair. He cuts my kids' hair. Super great guy. Very humble. Very. He had the hardest time with homeless people when he got here because he couldn't speak the language. He couldn't write his name. He couldn't do anything. Mm. He was working three jobs, mm. you know. And he's like, there are people that are living on the street that speak English. They have all these opportunities. It was, and I wow. never looked at it like That's that until cool he's kind of cutting my hair and he's like, I couldn't figure out how there's people that speak this language that have endless opportunities, but aren't taking advantage of it. Yeah. And he has this huge disadvantage of not being able to speak English. Yeah. And then 10 years later, he now has his own business and he's crushing. He just bought a condo. Like he's living the American dream and is so grateful. Yeah. And it's like, I never looked at it like that from his lens. That's a mindset, right? That's like, you know, different mindset, different, different. Yeah, that's interesting. Really good. So yeah, man, I just think this whole thing is going to be mindset. Like, how do you look at it? I just did a podcast on like, how do you show up when things get bad? Yeah. Like, how do you perform? Yeah. You got to, you got to do it. You got to, it's mindset. (laughs) You can like literally look at same thing two different ways, right? You can like, Mm -hmm. this guy cuts you off in front of you. You can be like, this guy's an asshole. Or you'd be like, that guy probably has to get somewhere real fast and I don't necessarily need to as much. No, I don't care. Or he's got to go to the hospital or his wife's labor. Yeah. Or you can be like, he's a dick. He's an ass. You know, whatever. You can be a total. And that's on you. You can control that narrative and decide, are you going to make him ruin your day? Or are you going to say? We only have so much energy. Yeah. Where do you want to put it? Do you want to put it in someone that cuts you off? Sometimes I do. I choose yeah, that. Yeah. And, and sometimes you can't help it because that's, that's just because right. it is kind of lame when someone does that. Obviously. Pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, still like that's something you can choose to control if you yes. if you meditate and you breathe and create that space. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. I, I'm I'm stoked that uh, you came back. Is this the fourth podcast we've done? Third or fourth? I think the third one on your show, and you've been on mine twice. So yes. yeah, we got. We got a good track record going. Yeah, I love it, man. I a love lot of good your data. perspective on real estate. And Thank you. Thanks for all the things you're doing in your community and, and being here. And, thanks, uh, man. Please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, obviously, follow Andy Dane Carter. 
for more of your, you know, you have a great show and, and give a ton of information on real estate. So thank you. Thanks for being on. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at infofunloans.com. At and if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's Fun Loans together.